say, uh, I've put in our midst uh, the manger and uh, within it uh, a baby, um, or at least a doll, um, not, uh, not a real live infant like what we had at least for the first half hour uh, on Tuesday night uh, when it was village night. Um, though I think like Josie this, uh, this doll might actually be female uh, but I might be wrong in that um, but, but uh, we didn't just use the, the stable on Tuesday night uh, this week it was used on Wednesday night as well uh, as you might know Emily and I run um, a beaver colony in Skeynes Hill but we got them to come here on Wednesday night and uh, we split them into groups and I, I said to them we've got to go to my garage we've got to go to my garage and what might we find in my garage so there was lots of great suggestions about bicycles or old cars maybe some tools different things like that. What might we find? And then, of course, I, I took them out the door, round in the gate, and I got my keys out my pocket, and I opened the garage door just a little bit and said, right, what do we find in here then? And, of course, it was set up as the stable. And of course, from that, we, we were able to have lots of discussion about the, the nativity story uh, and also the smell. Um, the, the, there's a joke slightly in, in the script for next week, for next Sunday morning, about what it's maybe like in a stable and I, and I was sort of suggesting to these uh, young boys and girls you know what what do you smell you know if you if you take some hay and we had three and a bit bales this this week and they'd been in there for a while and it day the, the smell of the hay I was saying do any of you have hay fever because you don't want to smell it too closely. I, I, I remember um, in my... Making a mess. Uh, I remember in my um, early 20s going across fire when it was still at Marsh Gibbon. Uh, uh, and it was in a farm, and it was in a barn where we used to do our worship. And uh, we, we had hay bales to sit on, and uh, one time the, the Holy Spirit overcome me and I went down and I nosedived into a hay bale, which was fine other than the fact that I slightly suffered with hay fever. You know, so uh, as I came round, I was a bit sneezy and the, the people weren't sure whether this was something of the Holy Spirit <laughs> or, or, or whether it was actually uh, in effect. So, so we, we could really get on... on on Wednesday night, we could really get this sense of the hay there. And, uh, uh, and of course, the, the, in a real stable, 
there would have been other smells too um, that, that would have come from the animals, perhaps if it had been raining wet animals. Those of you that have owned a dog or any animal that goes outside, it comes in and, it, you know, just the, the wetness of the dog if you've not dried it off, you know, as a thing, let alone the smells that the animals produce themselves. So the, there's all that there. And I started off with the question, what would you expect to find in a garage? But what would you expect to find in a stable? Animals hay, animal food, maybe some water. But you don't expect to find the king of all the earth. And so there's that, that thing for us of the Jesus coming and dwelling in it doesn't actually say stable in the Bible but we get a manger and there's no room at the inn or the guest room so we put two and two together and we end up in a place of poverty that we've sung about and will perhaps sing about again later This part of the story is only in Luke. Last week we actually um, thought of the Gospel in Matthew, uh, the Gospel Nativity story in Matthew. And uh, it's very quick and it gets over with. Um, the angel appears in a dream and, and tells Joseph to, to take Mary as his wife um, and then you get kind of the, he says oh yeah he does take Mary as to be the wife and the baby comes and is named Jesus um, we in our minds and in our nativity plays we tend to just lump the whole story together we bolt Matthew and Luke and their accounts together and, and they fit quite nicely in the way that we shape them but of course to the early church it's likely that they only knew one account or the other and not both Luke's gospel um, is of course a two story uh, a two book two volume story because it has the Acts of the Apostles as a second volume and uh, originally they were, they were lumped together as one and so the writer of that has, has a slightly different understanding and has a slightly different take on where he's going he sets up that second book that story of where the early church would be right back at the beginning we understand that Matthew was for Jewish readers and it's got that final twist of going to the world in the Great Commission 
but Luke has a different relationship with his reader. And we see that here. We see that in how Gabriel appears to Mary. We see it in how they journey to Bethlehem and don't find a room. We see it in the birth. We see it in who comes to visit the young infant, the shepherds. There is a sense there in Luke that the story, the message, goes far beyond Jerusalem. And that great commission, the great commission starts to get fulfilled. The Holy Spirit equips us. The gospel cares and is intended for Jew and Gentile, male and female. And as we see tonight, for the poor as well as those who have more money. In Matthew, as we heard last week, the message was given to Joseph. But in Luke, to Mary. In Matthew, there's no journey to Bethlehem. It's as if they were there already. And so no searching for a room, no struggle, no reference to a manger. But instead we get this decree from Caesar Augustus. A command issued in a foreign land to which uh, then IV tells us was sent to the entire Roman world. When you look at the Greek, um, it says the inhabited earth is what it translates directly as. It's as if Caesar had this vision of the entire world actually being his. I am in charge. I am the God. I am the one that commands everything, every living being. And that gets translated locally through the, the governor. And everyone goes to their town. Everyone has to follow the oppressive regime. That's where the power is. But it's not really where the power is. Because the power over all the earth is going to come and be in a manger. The true God 
comes and dwells among us in a way that we are shocked at, surprised at. How can it be in this grotty, smelly, awful place? But there's a contrast, isn't there? Maybe in the coming into a place of disgusting smells, it actually reflects the fact that God is coming to a world of disgusting smells. A world where things are not as they should be. Uh, And the contrast of baby and stable um, is like God on earth. How can we imagine those things coming together? But yet that's what God chooses to do. Into the poorest place. Into a struggling community. God gives of him's very self. So how does that move us? When we think of what God has done, how does that actually mean we should respond It suggests to us that that God doesn't care about comfort. He doesn't care about riches. He doesn't care about what we see as nice and wholesome and healthy. instead he comes close into the smelly places of life when things are at their harshest and most challenging he comes and dwells and gives hope 